0: to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for Fans by fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and alongside with me, as always, for your discussion topic episodes, the one, the only, the Wizard of Jaws, Derek Jaws. How
1: are we doing, buddy? Hey, 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 it is Wednesday, and you know what that means. Yes. I'm about to
0: go off the rails on some shit. I know, I know. We got to go all a, a B up in here. Oh man, we have lots to talk about this week, as per usual. A uh, week seventeen was fun. It was a fun. Well, I mean, it was. It was actually, honestly, if I take my my Colts fandom aside from it, it was actually a really good week of football and, and stories and 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 all that jazz. Um, yeah. <laughs> the playoff race is fun. It, it just everything just kind of just really really worked itself out, and yeah, we got a lot of, we got lots to talk about. A lot of cool stuff and things. Um,
1: love stuff and things.
0: Love stuff and things. Just so our listeners know, uh, so in in a couple of weeks, the discussion topic episodes really slowed down, and halfway through the postseason, maybe even a little bit more towards the end of postseason. Uh, so we're gonna change the format, of course, as we always do for the offseason. And uh, and this will be a, a mix of discussion topic like current topics. So, if a big story happens throughout the week, we'll talk about it on here. And uh, we're going to be doing a retro fantasy football league, which is a pretty neat creation by Mr. Andrew Lenz. Uh, he came up with it a couple months ago, and we are excited to get that underway. Um, just like playing fantasy football, but uh, it's it's completely we pick it. He'll he'll be much better explaining it than I will. But Jaws will be a part of this, I believe. Walker, myself, Brian, um, and maybe several others. But we just pick a decade, we draft, and uh, we just kind of go through it, and we'll, we'll do like a like a mini season throughout and see how points and stuff go in. So it's going to be a fun little thing uh, to kind of retroactively look at retroactively look at yesterday's you know yesteryear's players, and uh, and, and you know we all know that Andrew's the history nerd of the show. So it'll be, uh, it'll be, <laughs> it'll be a cool thing for him. And I think for everybody else too, uh, to kind of learn a little bit. So just want to give you all a heads up. Uh, but as always, Jaws, let's start off with you for our week 17 takeaways. Oh man. I have like seven things here,
1: six things here. And I, I don't know where to start. I mean, let's start at the beginning, right? The first, if you look up the scores and the recaps and stuff from last week, just on google this is the first game that's listed it was our suck bowl of the the week and it did not disappoint the giants are bad they are a bad football team and joe judge might be the biggest liar in sports and that's impressive that is a that is a hard hard impressive claim right there this dude is telling the world that the People on the Giants want to stay on the Giants, and people who were with the Giants in the last year or two are calling him saying, I know I might be getting paid more elsewhere, but I want to come back to the Giants. <laughs> Why? To be the bottom of the worst division in football? He must know you're something like, we don't. Maybe right, they're getting you're 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 the you're the worst team in a division with a team whose stadium tries to kill people. <laughs> That's what we're talking about here. But but people want to play for you. Yeah. <laughs> Like what? Like you've you're tied with the other team that plays in New Jersey for the worst, like the least amount of wins in the last five years. Who wants to play there? What? Because you're in New. You're not even in New York. You're in a, you're in fucking New Jersey. New Jersey doesn't even like New Jersey. Ask them, they'll tell you.
0: It smells it, there. No offense it, to our New Jersey it, listeners.
1: Like oh oh the Garden State. No, it's the garbage. The garbage, garbage, garbage state. state. <laughs> An oil refinery state. It smells like crap. <laughs> Sorry, New Jersey. Figure it out. You're just a bad part of New York. God. well oh, people want to complain for me. Bullshit. <laughs> I'm starting out hot this week. I know. Um I like it. Next next one, the I mean the Bucks aren't the powerhouse that they've been made out to be, but uh Tom Brady is still Tom Brady and that's really what matters the most. I mean l- listen, the Jets being up by fourteen points this week was a miracle in and of itself. But, I mean, I mean, how many times can Tom Brady just be like, oh, I have 47 seconds left. Well, why'd you give me so much time? I know, right? <laughs> uh, here's this receiver you've never heard of, making a back shoulder catch on the sideline, turning it up and scoring. No big deal. Fuck off. <laughs> He's going to go drink some avocado toast or something. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, avocado toast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's how he rolls. We all know that. Um, and, and, I mean, this dude is... He is going to be the reason they're still a threat in the playoffs because this team as a whole is not playing well enough. I think to travel very far. Uh, obviously, the injury bug doesn't hurt or doesn't help. Uh, Leonard Fournette being out is a big hit because that running game just isn't quite the same without him. No, you know uh, now you're down two of your top three receivers, which we'll get to more on that later. Um, you know, and Evans has been banged up all year. All year, Evans has been banged up. So. You know, you're relying on Gronk, two other good tight ends, and a bunch of who in your receiving room. So I I, I think you know, Brady gives you an edge, but I, I, I'm curious to see with this team and how they're built to play with the team they had, how that travels in the postseason. Because you're not going to be playing the Jets every week. You're not. No. So No. They most certainly are not. Uh, that being said, I'm going to stem that into uh, good teams win ugly. The Bucks kind of won ugly last week. Uh, the Bills won ugly on a cold, snowy day. But for fuck's sake, build a goddamn dome. Like, wh- why in God's name are we sitting here in Bill's town talking about, like, watching that game on Sunday? Why are we talking about an open-air, natural grass stadium in in, the, in this environment?
0: Because it's Buffalo, brother. You can't do that. It gives us an edge, duh. Right. No. That, that, yeah. that's trash. Yeah, no. You do a retractable roof stadium. You have it open all year. That's what. That's what the, the part that a lot of people are mistaking. It's not. You don't just get a dome. You get a retractable roof stadium, and that way you can play in all the elements. And you know, people make points about, uh, you know, oh, what what dome team has won the Super Bowl in the last couple of years? That you know, that's a fair point too. But but my God.
1: <laughs> and don't and don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, it's like, would it suck to be, uh you know, a controlled climate team like that, and then have to go to Foxborough and play in the elements? Sure, but your team, like our, our team, currently is not built to play in those elements. I mean, you can only run Josh Allen so hard for so long, and I'll kind of touch on that. I think at some point today, but like, uh, I don't want that to be. I don't want to have to win games like we had to win on Sunday, and we're probably going to have to win this coming
0: Sunday. Oh, with with, like with Josh, Josh Allen with a 17 QBR? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Running and, the ball.
1: Yeah, and, 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 and that's fine. I mean, again, good teams win. Good teams win. No, games, absolutely. Was, but I don't want to have to win ugly all playoffs long, which right now, if, I mean, depending on where we land, one at, one if not two games could end up in Buffalo. So I don't know anyway the dolphin status as contenders was 100 percent due to the stretch of schedule that was soft as baby shit yeah great you seven you lost seven in a row you won seven in a row and then you played a team that's kind of real like just kind of not even really real but kind of real Nah, they're real their best player their best player wasn't even on the field and you got stomped stomped Tua sucks the dolphins suck they're a joke they belong it, in the nfc's not the afc's the dog <laughs> shit They'd be the number two team in the in the NFC East. That's all I'm saying.
0: Man, you know you're doing a really bad job of trying to recruit Andrew to your uh, your your other your other show. <laughs> I know, I, I, <laughs> terrible, just terrible.
1: Uh, my my last two are you know no no one in the NFL this year is elite. Nobody even you know even Green Bay that people are are really high on, they're not elite. You know they're not untouchable. Um, Aaron Rodgers maybe, but. The team as a whole, I don't think is. And last but not least, twenty twenty two is showing signs of the signs of the world being okay. Antonio Brown is freaking out. Ramsey's throwing punches at people. OBJ punched somebody in the butt. OBJ's punching people. I mean, we're we're getting back to normal. All right, and I feel good about
0: that. Yeah, it it definitely does seem a little normal, doesn't it?
1: (laughs) In the weirdest of ways, it does. Josh Allen won a football game that he couldn't throw the fucking football. Great, awesome. It's 2018 all over again.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's 2018 wasn't a bad year. I agree, it wasn't a bad year. Um, yeah. So yeah, takeaways from from this week: Man Huntley and and the Ravens are they are uh, if that team was fully healthy, terrifying. Absolutely terrifying what this Ravens team has been able to do. Um, I, you know, I know that Cincinnati beat up on them last week, but the Ravens are winning most of this game against the Rams this week. And um, yeah, I, I'm still big on the tower Huntley camp. I know it's not going to go away, but uh, it should be an interesting discussion throughout the off season as far. I mean, the Lamar obviously going to stay. He's going to get the, excuse me. Oh God. Drink too much water. Uh, <laughs> man, drowning over I'm there. drowning over here. I'm a lifeguard. But but yeah, so the, like the rate, yeah, you know, it, it's going to be a Lamar Jackson show. But it, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to see how how much that the Ravens throw at, at at Lamar's way. You know, knowing that Huntley's actually keeping these guys in games and 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 really really good positioning too at that. So that was one thing I wanted to acknowledge. Um, yeah, Bucks are resilient as ever. I know it was this just. Did you see Brady uh, autograph that one dude's ball that picked him off?
1: Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> and, and listen, I I don't like Brady. I really don't. But he's making it hard. He's making it tough to not like him.
0: Yeah. No, I know. I know. He, I, I've always appreciated him, but now I think people are starting to see it a little bit more. Uh, now that he's so he's so lax and whatnot uh that chiefs and bengals game have to say man that lived up to the hype that was everything i hoped for and then some an absolutely incredible game we were really hoping it was going to end up like rams and uh <laughs> like like rams and chiefs from a couple of years ago but i'm still pleasantly happy with it that was a fun game to kind of sit back and watch and and go through all the highlights so that was pretty significant uh, uh yeah i mean that's kind of it i mean if this is russell Wilson's swan song with seattle what a way to go out at home beating on the lions the way they did and yeah vikes and vikings and browns are they need a little bit of a reset i think coach zimmer might be on his way out in minnesota yeah you, you see his pre- uh, w- no I, I i didn't catch that one of the reporters asked if 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 uh, if if Coach Zimmer wanted to see Kellen Mond play next week, and he goes, "No, I don't," and like (laughs) why? And he goes, "I see him play. I see him every day." (laughs) (laughs) And you kept him as your backup. You fucking asshole. I know. He was the Uh, rookie draft pick.
1: Oh, what a fucking what a great answer. No, no, I see him every day. That's, That's not it.
0: That's funny. Um and yeah, the Browns are Browns are hot mess. Um Baker's off to get surgery this week, so he's not even gonna play. Um we'll see. They need a they need like it's crazy to think that, you know, where we all thought that Cleveland was this year and uh and where they ended that's, up.
1: That's every year. Every single year. And I mean the past, especially the last two or three. Oh my god, Cleveland's gonna be good. Oh my god, Cleveland's gonna be good. And they find a way to just be Cleveland. It's yeah. called the factory of sadness over there for a reason
0: cleveland um so yeah that's kind of the takeaways in a nutshell discussion topic number two we'll head into now so let's talk about the raiders right they just they just beat you know they just beat indianapolis they needed the win to stay keep their playoff hopes alive uh you know how, how have they you know their expect you know have they really like exceeded our expectations this year and is their head coach uh their interim head coach excuse me worthy of a uh Worthy of an extension. So I do want to start off by saying I I've said some um pretty kind things about the Raiders for a long time. You know, they, they've overcome a lot. I'm a huge Derek Carr fan. And uh you know, all the success, whether they make it in or not, I think you know it's 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 pretty cool. It, it it's pretty cool that you know, with everything that they've overcome between Gruden, uh you know Henry Ruggs. Uh, They just had another cornerback get arrested today. Uh, Another defensive player got arrested like not too long after the rug situation. So, you know, for them to kind of be where they're at right now is absolutely is a testament to kind of where this team has had a team who I didn't think was going to win more than two games this year. I thought when they when Gruden shopped away their offensive line, I'm like, this team is donezo. And it's it's honestly amazing that they are sitting here. They are nine and seven football team at the uh you know, at with one week to go. They kind of control their own destiny. I, I, I they they're do actually. They're, yeah, they're
1: winning in. Because they're they're playing the team that's directly ahead of them that's currently in the playoffs. Correct.
0: The Chargers. So um, you know, if they win this week, they they get in and uh you know, it, it's remarkable, like good on them. They're kudos to them. I'm happy for Derek Carr. I'm happy for everybody who's like stuck with that organization. You know, they're, they're, they're bull head haircut coach or owner, Mark Davis, everything. It's, it's a, it's a uh, big test. to all that, um, you know, as, as sad as I was to see the Colts lose their opportunity to win and get in this week, I was like, okay, good for the Raiders this team is resilient as shit, you know, just awesome, awesome dudes. Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, you know, they're going to get Darren Waller back and, you know, Max Crosby and, um, Carl Nassib and, and all these guys, like just what they've been able to accomplish this year. They're a good football team. They're a very good football team. And I don't know how far they'll go into the postseason. but the idea of them playing Kansas city, you know, uh, wild card he, round weekend is enticing in a division that
1: just finds a way to kick the shit out of each other.
0: Yep, I think KC swept him this year. He I think that,
1: I, fairly handily,
0: but we all know
1: divisional games are tough, and it's hard to beat a team three times in the season.
0: That's for sure. I mean, hey, look at—I'm uh, not saying that the the Raiders are going to go on some Super Bowl run this year, but uh, look back at Tampa Bay last year. New Orleans beat the crap out of them twice. And then, you know, uh, Tampa got them in the playoffs when it mattered most. So if the Raiders can find a way to get in, you know, they got a tough, tough opponent in the Chargers ahead of them. But uh, if they can find a way to get in, it uh, could be some interesting matchups there. I don't know how high of a seating they can go. I think they can only go as high as a, Well, no, they can finish 10 and seven te- technically. Yeah, they can. Uh, I believe they can finish.
1: I know they can finish in sixth. I don't know if they can finish in fifth. Um, I
0: think that would take a Patriots loss. Yeah, I think the Patriots, Colts, and a, and somebody else have to lose to, in order for that to happen.
1: It would have to be the, yeah, they, it would have to be the Pats, Colts, and they beat the Chargers. Yeah. And then, like, probably probably some help with a conference record somewhere.
0: Possibly, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that, them playing, I mean, since he is very likely them playing, uh, you know, Casey is, is likely if they can get through to the next round. Now, as far as their their interim head coach, who, when, when Gruden went out, they were, they were pretty, they were, he had a pretty good record, but uh, their interim coach, Rich Bisaccia, or I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, I kind of like the idea of him. And I, 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 I mean, if he makes it to the postseason or, Honestly, I think he's earned it. I I think he deserves a shot at head coach. He's been in the NFL for like 30-something years as an assistant, you know, coordinator, all this, you know, just a variety of different jobs. And these guys really rallied behind him, you know, this year. I mean, maybe it was a little bit of Derek Carr, but this guy's been floating around the NFL. It's like, Jesus, every, every single week he's got to come in. He's got some kind of new... Um, reports, new non-football related report to to deal with, and he handled it very, very good. and I think he represented the Raiders, you know, relatively well, very professionally. uh The Raiders weren't such a loud team, in a sense, with him at the helm. And I know there again, that's the that's the out the outside stuff was loud, but it's like okay, we're the Raiders. We're just going to show up, do our jobs, and you know. And, and play football and they did it and they've quite I mean they literally snuck into the wild it, back in the playoff picture over the last couple of weeks weeks three straight wins that's what you got to do I vote yes yeah I I I vote yes I if if I think they'd be fine with this Basachi guy if he wants to be head coach you know if he wants to be head coach I think I'd be okay with it. And not that I'm a Raiders fan. I it might, you know, my opinion that doesn't necessarily matter, but I, I, I like the idea of this guy uh, taking over and being head coach for the, for the Raiders.
1: I don't disagree. Um, I mean, as far as have they exceeded expectations? I think they're probably on par with where you'd see them on paper, especially after like the first game of the year, you know, they stood toe to toe with someone, you know, wanted an over. You know, they beat the Ravens in overtime in week one, and everyone was like, "Oh, all right, okay, okay." And then the wheels try. I mean, aside from like your entire team dying in a plane crash, I, I don't know how much more you can do to a team. <coughs> excuse me, to try to hold them back, right? Your head coach gets fired for something completely unrelated to the season. Which, uh, for our younger listeners out there, don't try to strong arm nudies out of uh, cheerleaders. Probably doesn't (laughs) probably not going to end well for you. Um, (laughs) That's that's not okay. You can't do that. It's 2022. Grow up. Uh, (laughs) So. I mean, your head coach gets fired. Your best receiver ends up killing somebody in a DWI car crash and is done. Just gone. Here today, gone tomorrow. No, don't have them anymore. Your running back, your star running back, is getting banged up every single week. It seems, and you know the 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 backup is hot and cold. You're, I mean, you lose a defensive player to something else off the field. Then you lose another one to something. I mean, what more can happen to this team? And you're nine and seven on the on the winning in for the playoffs. And and with a little help, if the Colts lose this week, all you have to do is talk to the other team and kneel it out. And you both make the playoffs. Right. Which is the coolest thing in sports, by the way. Like the fact that two teams could just look at each other, essentially shake hands, say, we're just going to kneel this out <laughs> for, for 60 minutes on the clock. Let's not even go to halftime. We're, we're like, we're just going to kneel it out the whole way. Like, let's just let, just run the clock. Let's go tie zero zero. We both make the playoffs. Hooray for us how is this not how is this not a win how is this not exceeding expectations right like any any other any other teams head coach goes through like the, the crap fest that gruden went through and then gets fired and then the, and like and then comes out and says i'm gonna sue the league Ooh, jesus <laughs> i'm getting all fired up uh then you know then comes out and like yeah, i'm gonna sue the league and you know i'm gonna take other people down with me like that i mean you want to talk about a distraction. Oh, and then your star receiver—like that whole thing—like any of these things should have derailed this season from Jump Street, and it didn't. They're absolutely a success this year. Uh, as far as their interim head coach sticking around, I agree. I think he's—I think he's earned it. I think he's earned a shot for a full off season of building, a full season of putting his way, like running the team legitimately, not just stepping in and trying to continue what the last guy had going on. And quite frankly, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Because it's Vegas, and they don't want a quiet coach. They want flash. They want pizzazz. They want panache. Right. They're they're, they're going to hire some dude that's going to get fined three times next year for, you know, being seen at a strip club doing blow with Justin Bieber. Johnny Manziel is going to be the coach next year.
0: Oh, I thought you meant Urban Meyer. Um, I listen, thought Urban Meyer. Fuck
1: it, right? Because well, listen. Urban Myers start like the stupid shit, like the really stupid shit that he started doing. I mean, he was doing stupid shit from Jump Street, but the really, really stupid shit he started doing didn't happen until Gruden got fired. Right. He's he's going to Vegas,
0: baby. <laughs> got a party. Yeah. Yeah. Good for good on the Raiders, though. I, I, agree. I endless respect for the Raiders uh, this year. I got, you know, they've always just been that team that's just been so close yet so far away. Right. Even a couple of years ago. Even a couple of years ago, right, when they were hot, they were like ready to be the number one seed in the AFC. And then Derek Carr broke his leg. And I'm just like, oh my God, these guys can't catch a break. You know, in the last couple of years underneath the Gruden regime, hot starts. Well, the first year wasn't good, but the last couple hot starts, six and two, five and three kind of starts, and then just there, there was tanking a year, there, in the last Where Derek
1: Carr like made a comment that his all minority offensive line didn't like and the best offensive line in football just decided to go look out yeah and he broke his back like i remember that i mean like these are things that have derailed raiders seasons in the past everything that's happened to the raiders this year should have derailed them and it didn't right i don't know if that's a maturity thing i don't know if that's the start of getting the right people in the right places but here we are yep
0: here we are so that's that Discussion topic number three. Now, these are—I know—I acknowledge that these are not the only two uh, candidates for this award. Every quarter, myself and Jaws have talked about comeback player of the year uh, award and who we think deserves it. For the large part of it, it has been Dak Prescott. But over the last couple of weeks, you know, I, I think some somebody that nobody has talked about for it's—it's—it's it's, it's almost seemed, it almost feels like he never got hurt. Um, and Joe Burrow is possibly being a comeback player of the year. we look at his last two weeks, 700-something-plus passing yards. I think it's seven or eight. Actually, it might be in the 900. I think it's in the 900s, actually. I think it was like 500 again, over 500 against KC. Yep. Five, he, I think I,
1: it was like 525 and
0: 495. Yeah, so, something close. 425, something like that. A bunch of touchdowns, no interceptions. And he's actually been playing really good football all year long. And I know a lot of it isn't due to, excuse me, is due to, you know, the likes of his offensive weapons, but man, what Joe Burrow has been able to do this year is, is crazy. Now I'm asking you now, you know, I know I brought it up and a lot of people are mentioning Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is a quality candidate, no doubt. But when it comes to the quarterback position, who would you give your vote for as comeback player of the year, taking everything into account, not just recency bias and stuff like that, but, but Dak or Joe Burrow. I have to go with Burrow here
1: and I am, I am a fan of Dak. Don't get me wrong. But when I look at these two guys, I mean, Dak, Dak's injury was worse. So he gets the check Mark on that. You know, he, he definitely had a a far scarier injury than just your standard ACL. But, you know, he he went through all of it. He rehabbed. He came back, which we expected both of them to do, obviously. And he stepped onto a team that I would, I would, like, the only team I think that could compete with them from a top three receiver standpoint used to be the Buccaneers. Right. I mean, you stepped into a team that had three legitimate number ones on most other rosters. You have. Ezekiel Elliott, who has not been putting the ball on the turf nearly as often, and Tony Pollard, who's come into his own. Yeah,
0: and you have and tight those team. tight ends, those good tight ends.
1: Yeah, I mean Dalton Schultz is 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 very good. I mean he was probably underrated going into this year, but he's shown to be a solid option
0: there. Um, I don't know who their other one is, but that's beside Blake the Jarwin. I think they just activated him off IR too. Oh, there you go. Right in time for the playoffs. So that's like eight, <laughs> eight weapons that they have.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like you're you're literally sitting there talking about like, oh, you know, here who who's who who went back to a better situation. I mean, obviously, Dak. So that helps. That helps the, the stats. That helps the, you know, the the production. And then you look at Burrow. We were talking at the beginning of this year that the Bengals didn't do anything to help their biggest problem from last year, which was keeping Burrow upright. Right. right. And somehow they're keeping Burrow upright and he's just destroying people through the air. I mean, we, we all knew that they were good. We thought Burrow was good with what he was doing at the start of last year, but he was on like a pretty historically bad team. They drafted a wide receiver in the first round and all like who, who couldn't catch to save him. Like, this dude couldn't catch a cold in the preseason. Like the ball doesn't have the stripes. I mean, we've heard it all. We talked about it. Yeah. And all we of a sudden, like, Jamar Chase is averaging nine touchdowns a week. Somehow, <laughs> Joe yeah. Burrow is going for a mile and a half every goddamn game. Like what? A, like in what world do, is your biggest issue your offensive line? And you draft your first, like your number one pick, is a wide receiver, and your offense just clicks? How, that never works. Like I mean. I, I pictured that draft pick as like, like a, like a, a late two thousands bills move. Like, what do we need? Oh my God. Like this, this awesome edge rushers dropped to us, this linebacker dropped to us, you know, this, you know, these two like big, just grinding offensive linemen. Who are you taking? Um, CJ Spiller. What? Sammy Watkins. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what that felt like. But it worked. I don't know how, but it did. Right. It's absolutely Joe Burrow. I mean, like he, he went back to I mean, people thought he was gonna blow the other ACL this year. The, like the there was actually a, a, a prop bet somewhere that was that they had odds on Joe Burrow not finishing the season due to injury. Jesus. And this dude's out here winning the not only not only winning, winning the division a division that, I mean, we've talked about everyone probably, but the Steelers being at the top of and like at the start of the year, I wouldn't have picked the Bengals or the Steelers. It would have been the Ravens or the Browns with the way they were built.
0: Right. I, I think that's Bengals. where a lot of people were. I, Bengals were, Bengals. Bengals, I had, we had Bengals same as Raiders. I had the Bengals way underneath at the bottom beneath Pittsburgh, you know, uh, maybe a four win team. And I had their head coach being fired at the end of the season.
1: I did too, and here's Joe Burrow just, you know, smoking cigars like nobody's business, and just like, yeah, fuck you, I'm awesome,
0: Dude's so cool, damn, damn, <laughs> <laughs> jealous I am. Uh, I'm in the camp too. You made up, a, you brought up a ton of great points about why Joe Burrow should be, and I'm not going to disagree with you, and and this is not to discredit Dak at all, not at all. Because I I think they're both worthy of comeback player of the year, and if they could split it two ways or even three ways, I think they both deservedly uh, would get it. However, you look at you know you brought the points of you know what both guys are coming back to. All right, Andy Dalton, if he did decent last year for the limited amount of games that he played in with with this offense, all right, And, and the COVID offense, it was it was okay. At best, all right. We knew that how good Dak was, and Dak's listen. Dak's injury was horrifying, same as Joe Burrow's. But also, you look back at the quality of opponents that were played this year, and the quality of opponents that were defeated. Um, you know, at, if if you look through this through the Cowboys' schedule, you know the NFC East is is not super competitive. I know Philadelphia is making things interesting, and it should be a good game. But um, you know, the Cowboys didn't defeat many above 500 teams, uh, you know, throughout the throughout the season. Uh, I mean, in retrospectively, of course, they did beat Philly once. They did beat the Chargers early on. They did uh, defeat uh, – they did beat the Patriots, you know, who are a playoff-bound team. And there might be another one in there as well. But then you go – you know, but these are teams – a lot of these teams are – you know, people expect Dallas to be competitive with. Cincinnati went out this year. Smashed the Ravens twice,
1: smashed not just beat beat the ever loving piss out of them. Took Old Yeller out back the woodshed and put a bullet in him.
0: Yeah, and when's the last time they they they've been able to do that? It's been a long time. They swept the Steelers again, second year in a, or no? Excuse me, they sweep them again. My apologies, but third straight uh, victory over them, which is you know it's been a long time. The first sweep over the Steelers in a considerable amount of time. That's pretty remarkable. And then they, they go toe-to-toe with Green Bay. And I know that they didn't get the win. They probably should have if their kicker didn't miss all the field goals. But, man, they were toe-to-toe with Green Bay. And then they go and beat KC, the big the, the juggernaut, the, the big giant um, yeah, the, the, of the, the AFC.
1: teams in football at the time, too. Yeah. Like a four-game win streak, one of the hottest teams in football. And all we kept hearing about how was, was the Chiefs are back. Yeah, Bengals are here
0: they're here. I I mean, Cincinnati is, to me is a legitimate threat. Let's see who else they've defeated this year. Um, ah, they did lose the, They did get smoked by the chargers. That's fair. That's fine. Um, you know they've, they've lost, they've lost some tough ones. They certainly have, but, uh, you know, they've won some significant ones as well. They're, they're in a really, really good spot right now. Very, very happy for them. And yeah, they're, they're most likely going to win this week over the, uh, over the Cleveland Browns. so They'll probably go, they can go five and one. They can go five and one on the season. So my vote is for Joe Burrow, Uh, exceeded expectations for himself. I mean, everybody thought he was a flash in the pan player anyways, you know, uh, miracle season at LSU got lucky to be number one. Overall draft pick should have been chase young his year. Um, You know, and, and he just, you just you just reap the benefits of a really good uh really phenomenal collegiate season that that's that's that that was the mentality and then once he had that leg you know busted up last year they thought it was it for him i like joey b uh you know i'm really really excited for him he's he's again he's beaten teams above above where um you know we really thought he could be and and I mean, both listen. Both teams are Super Bowl contenders, in my opinion, right? I, I I think that since he kind of cemented that, and I think Dallas is kind of at that point too, but uh, I've seen just more upside from. I, I'm way more surprised by Joe Burrow and Cincinnati than I am Dak and, and the Cowboys. Absolutely. So, so we shall see. All right, discussion topic number four. We all got to watch the wonderful. Uh, Antonio Brown meltdown this past week. Oh, good. uh, Taking his his uniform off, running, clapping, um, pumping up the crowd and and (laughs) the Jets and running into the tunnel and uh, never looking back, pretty much. Uh, Yes, and I do have to thank Antonio Brown for – Give us a nice boost on the two point page. We got almost like 500 likes from just memeing the crap out of them.
1: Yeah, I'm jealous about that. I missed the boat. (laughs) Everybody was obviously I get to uh, I get to reap the benefits as being part of the two point conversation. But you do. uh, I you know I missed the boat on the hat stats and stats train on that one. I made (laughs) one. It was okay, and let's be honest,
0: (laughs) it was nothing compared to what. It was more so Andrew. I'll give Andrew all the credit. He. Oh my god! The meme machine. The meme machine. Two video ones. One from I think it was it wasn't Clerks. Uh oh god, what's that movie? I you're can't even. About,
1: you're not talking about the Breakfast Club, are you?
0: I did the Breakfast Club one. No, he did the Ric Flair one. Then he did one other one. Um. Oh god, a few, F few, F few. What was?
1: Oh, uh that was the uh, that was waiting.
0: That's what it was. Okay.
1: F yeah. f u you you
0: you you're cool. You're cool. <laughs> we did those and they 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 just blew up. It was insane. Uh but what I wanted to talk about is, you know, this this AB situation because it, there's a lot that goes in with this, right? There, there's so much that goes on. There's been a lot of conf- conflicting reports about, you know, what was said, what, you know, this and that, the bonuses, AB being hurt, but you know, I want to discuss really where we stand, you know, on, on all of this. Personally, uh, you know, I 100% understand mental health issues are a real thing. However, uh, AB is frequently, frequently, frequently at the center of uh, negative, you know, just these these bad scenarios, it, especially in, in environments where people wanted to help him out. Right. I mean, we've seen this happen with the Raiders. Uh, We've seen it with his pseudo trade with the bills. We've seen it with the, uh, um, you know, the Patriots. And now like Tampa, it just feels like a big slap in the face to. um, That's this most recent one has felt like a slap in the face to Tom Brady, uh, which a lot of people probably don't care about. But, but like, my God, dude, you know, I get the mental health thing, but, but, um, I just, I'm not buying the whole, you know, thing. the idea that people should feel sorry for him. Like right now, I, I, I personally don't, I I really, truly don't. He's only, he always he has always notoriously been one of those guys who, you know, needs the center of attention. He has to be the center of attention. Um, me, 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 uh, he, he's cleaned up over the last couple of years with Tampa Bay. And that's, that's why this latest, latest outburst was so surprising, but give me my targets, give me the ball, give me this, give me that, um, like domestic abuse, didn't he think abuse one of his trainers or something like that? He abused the trainer in this shit. I'm just like, I, I have like, I have no sympathy towards him at all no sympathy towards him in his actions at all. And now there's, like I said, everybody's trying to cope with, a, with an excuse to defend him. Uh, you know, they weren't going to give him his targets for his bonuses. And, uh, you know, Bruce Arians wanted him to play hurt. And I think there was one other one. But it's like, it, it's, you could disprove a lot of that. Right. One, if, if if Bruce Arians was trying you know, trying to make him play hurt he looked pretty damn good bouncing around <laughs> bounce around in the field, right? It just bouncing around, jumping around in that bad ankle, supposedly that he had. Oh, and I didn't even forget about the forget about the, I almost forgot about the, the fake COVID. That's like a federal offense, no matter what side, you know, that's that field you're on. That's a federal offense. And he got away with that one too. This, this team has stuck up for him a lot. Um, at, at some point, it's just, it's too much it's it's too much he's gotten away with a lot um you know shitting over big ben and you know the raiders he was excited to get traded to the raiders from pittsburgh and, and he did that whole scene there and it's just it i'm i'm past pity for people who you know get extra chances and have everything you know that i wanted out of life right you know tons of money fame uh, talented uh, in every aspect, and I just I don't I don't I can't do the pity party thing when it comes to AB anymore. I tried. I used to try. I during the whole Raiders saga, I tried. I really did, and I just I can't can't do it. I I, I can't do it anymore. I you know it's hard for me as somebody who like. I like to think just bust my ass. I, I struggle on the day, day in, day out financially with just life in general. And to see a guy with, with like, again, like I said, with all that stuff, everything that I could, you know, aspire to have. And, and then some just kind of be like, you know, woe was me? What was me? I, I, I don't buy it.
1: So, I mean, if this dude is legitimately in mental health crisis, um, then I that is the only way that I legitimately feel sorry for him. Um, you know, if he has some legitimate mental health issue that he should be seeking help for and possibly medicated for, I that would, I mean, that is one of the things that I would actually agree that he, you know, that we need to show some sympathy for. Um, and most of that comes from just knowing, you know, my own personal mental health struggles and stuff like that. And I also understand, like, you know, we live in a world where, I mean, we saw, we saw the night of, like the night that whole thing happened, Terry Bradshaw on NFL Fox came out and said, oh, if this dude quit because of a bonus inside, you know, he should be strapped in a straitjacket and taken to some hospital somewhere. Like, what does that tell people? You know, it's, it's a horrible message, especially in, in a sport that's been struggling so much with their image around mental health. Right. I mean, you know, they, they found out after, um and I could be wrong. It was junior
0: sale that. Brian yeah. It was sale. Yep. Like, yeah. You
1: know, and they found out that after the fact that he, he had severe CTE, um, you know, and we all know the Vantes perfect hit and he's been weird ever since. Like, so if he, he was weird before play, it too, technically, was, but, but it, it's gotten worse, you know, right. and especially, I mean, you know, you look at this dude's history, you know, he, he bashes the the Steelers organization as a whole, he bashes big Ben, he bashes everyone and everything in Pittsburgh, then reports surface that he's traded to Buffalo. He bashes Buffalo before, like before ink could be dry on paper. If that trade was ever even remotely considered, he's bashing Buffalo, bashing the city, bashing the fans. Then he ends up going to Oakland where he doesn't show up for a little while then he's like bitching about the helmet he's not allowed to wear anymore then he freezes his feet off in a cryogenic chamber wearing sweaty socks which just seems stupid i mean i've never been in one but i know that there's like certain things like you know you bring a dry pair of socks you take the socks you wore in off you wipe your feet off and put a dry pair on (laughs) for that exact reason you know and then he comes out like he starts like kicking footballs everywhere and calling the GM "mayonnaise boy" and all this other crap. <laughs> like I mean, this this dude's off his rocker, right? Like, and I agree with you. Like, if this dude is just acting out to act out because he's bored, then uh, you know what? I I really don't have sympathy for him, right? If he's in, if he's in a mental health crisis, that's different. Um, uh, you know, and the reports coming out on this, you know, uh, you said you touched on it the you know arians told him to go in and he said he tried saying i can't my ankles hurt like i can't play and arian said i told you to go in i'm you know coach i'm hurt you know my ankle you know my ankle ain't gonna do it that's it you're done you're cut and that caused the meltdown i mean why why did it take a day and a half for that report to come out if that's really what happened right you know why why was it Why was it after the fact? He's just not on the team anymore. Let's talk about the people who were who were out there and helped us win this football game. And then later on, oh, you know, we tried to get him to play, and he said he wouldn't. But then the rumors are about the the bonuses already come out. We're never going to know exactly what happened here. No, no. But the weirdest thing about it was the fact that usually when you see some type of sideline meltdown, there's something obvious that predicated it. You know, Odell Beckham like destroying the kicking net was after getting only two targets throughout that day or whatever the hell it was um you know it's just different things like that are usually predicated by something that can be seen this just happened and no one really seems to know why you know and oh they're they're holding him back from his bonuses well they told him to go in and he refused like first yeah off, so that doesn't know, add up right right uh, like and, you know, people are like, oh, they, you know, the, the, the Buccaneers have done this before they listed like two other receivers that they put on snap counts near the end of the year to not allow them to hit those bonuses, to not have to pay that. Like, listen, the, like these bonuses are worked into the structure intentionally that money's there somewhere. Do you think that million dollars matters? That's a drop in the bucket for the organization. Come on. You're not going to tell me that they're holding this dude back on purpose. Right in a game you're losing by 14 to one of the worst teams in football. To some extent, I you know, it, like at that point, you you think Tom Brady would come over and be like, um, "Stop being stupid, put him in the game."
0: I mean, because he, here's a dude who advocated for this guy for two years, and right, and that that's where the mental health thing like drives me nuts because Brady was there for him. Yeah, Brady was there for him, and. Helped him out. Hey, come live in my place with my wife and my kids. Come stay at this place. Come be with me, and I will take care of you and put you on the right path. And yeah. for this, for this all to happen, it's just like, well, well, if you have the goat looking out for you, you know, what out mental health wise, what the hell else can you do? I mean, yes, you can, you could drug him up, straight jacket, you know, medical facility, but. People are like, it's not like people aren't trying to help him. And that's what drives me nuts about this, this whole mental health thing.
1: And that's one of the biggest things about mental health is, you know, you can't help somebody who doesn't want help. Right. So he, he had all the support in the world with Brady and, you know, the organization as a whole from what it seemed, but if he wasn't actually talking to somebody or addressing the issues actually going on in his head, then none of that was going to help. Right. You know, if he's sitting there saying I'm there's nothing wrong with me and and don't get that twisted. And I I can speak on this because I watched somebody go through a master's program in this field and is now working in this field who lives in my house. And we talk about things like this on the regular. You you can be in a full tilt mental health crisis and be like, I don't need help. Right. Yeah. And and that's when it's an issue. And that's which is part of the reason I stemming into the, you know, what like what Bradshaw said, what's why he's getting so much backlash for it is because you basically, you know, anybody watching that broadcast who heard you say that basically goes, oh, because people with mental health problems are crazy and that's not okay and they need to be locked away somewhere. It it sends a bad message. And I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I also understand that, you know, we need to, we need to look at this dude and be like, okay, is this actually mental health or is this just a dude being a diva not getting his way and uh, yeah, I'm just bored. I'm bored. I don't want to do this anymore. Right. Somebody else will sign me. I'm really good. And the other, the other really bad thing that this ends is like, you know, this this proves the, I mean, so in his time in Tampa, Brown got into an altercation where he destroyed a security camera and threw a bike at a security shack inside his gated community, which got pretty much pushed down and just shoveled under the under the rug. I almost forgot about that. Exactly. Yeah, and that happened last year. Right. And, you know, the the head coach came out and said, you know, he's on a short lease, you know, one 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 misstep and he's done. Liar. And then this year with the COVID thing, liar. And then with like I, I guess he had some tirade with the media last week that was very quiet. You know, liar. I oh yeah. It's, it's now, this yep. dude, now this dude snaps on the sideline and that's what caused you to be like, You're no longer on the steep you think? Duh. It's a, a cloud
0: show. It's a clown yeah, show,,
1: and all it does is prove that this weird misconception that incredible athletic talent is predicated by good character traits is just wrong, and I think sometimes we we get lost in that. you know we get lost in the fact that this dude is really, really talented, and what does the league do? They promote their talented stars as good people, but that may not necessarily be the case right and i, I something like i said if if he is in crisis, I really do hope he gets the help he needs. If he's not I don't want to say I hope he drives his car off a bridge, but maybe he should
0: <laughs> relatable, definitely relatable um all right, and on to our final discussion topic, number five numero numero cinco um there's been a lot of talk this week I've seen it on Colts twitter and amongst other in, in amongst other places about what you know what is a good fan what is a bad fan um you know, I've seen fans who criticize their own team uh, labeled as bad fans, you know, and and people who just blindly say, yes, 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 everything is kind of going good, um, you know, we're the good fans. And I want to have an open discussion about, about what being a good or bad fan, like, means to, to us. And starting off with you, Jazz, um, about that, where do you fall in line with this ideology that, You know, uh, you're not allowed to criticize your team if you love it. And where do you fit in with all that?
1: So I I think there's a fine line here solely based in the fact, and and this comes from being well-vested in Bill's Mafia, um, the difference between criticizing the team out of actual from, like from a place of actually like looking at it, doing some research, doing some studying, like understanding the game of football and just predicting doom. Uh, Bill's mafia is filled with people who just predict doom and, <laughs> you know, pr- predicting doom is the, is the lazy man's analysis, right? Because it's a win-win either. You're right. Or you get to celebrate that the team is successful. And it, it happens in Bill's mafia all the time, you know, criticizing the team. Uh, making you a bad fan, I, I, I disagree with that. I think you can look at a team and say, you know, you're, these are your shortcomings, these are your failings. Um, you know, and, and I mean, I, I know that I kind of gatekeep at times, which I don't like doing, but sometimes it just happens naturally. You don't do it as much as often as a lot of other people I know do. No, I do have like, to give you for credit for that. And, and like for me, a lot of it stems from the like, oh my God, we need to draft a running back in the first round. No, we don't. We just do, we don't. And like I, I'm sorry, but in my brain, that's a fact. That doesn't and like and saying, well, we need to we need to run the ball better. I agree, but that doesn't mean drafting a running back in the first round. Right. I would rather address my offensive line problems. Which, yeah, you know, I don't know what we're figuring out these last couple of weeks, but they seem to be working better. And that's another story for another time. But you know, you can criticize the team and you know criticize their shortcomings and still be considered a good fan but you know i think it's i think it's when you some a lot of people cross into the realm of just gloom and doom burn it down everything sucks i mean the bills lost a game this year and i mean five weeks ago oh we're not making the playoffs we suck we should fire the coach i mean that's not criticizing your team that's being upset about a loss and being an emotional piece of garbage like because at no point like if if you look at the way that week unfolded. We still have like an 89% chance of making the playoffs, right? But nope, it was gloom and doom and we were done. It was over. That to me is a bad fan looking and saying like, these are our shortcomings. These are things we need to work on. I think that makes you not just a good team fan, but a good football fan. You know, I mean, we, and and I think people like us see it all the time because of how, like on, how much we're on social media based on what we do and what we're doing currently. But like, I mean, some of the things I see, I've, I've actually started uh, for a few weeks uh, after every Bills loss, I would post on Twitter um, how to fix the Bills according to social media, and it just posting some of the more ridiculous takes I saw, which would include things like putting Ed Oliver at offensive guard, uh, a position he probably hasn't played since high school, if he ever played it, because he knowing him, he was probably like a fullback, like middle linebacker in high school, Um. I mean, I saw, th- I mean, back when, yeah, last year, when, uh, when the hail Murray happened, people were talking about how the Bills should have had Josh Allen and Trey Edmonds playing deep center field on that hail Mary try, not realizing like, listen, that wasn't a hail Mary call. That wasn't all everyone in the planet ends up in the end zone. That was a levels concept with a, oh shit, throw it deep option. Right. right. Like, so you want, you want to put my all-star quarterback. You want to put my, my second-team All-Pro playing deep safety on a play that might not be thrown deep? Uh, I don't want that dude putting his head in and trying to make a tackle on somebody. Thanks. <laughs> you know, and criticizing your team doesn't, and I, I've said it probably four times now, criticizing your team doesn't make you a bad fan, but predicting doom and just being that gloom and doom, everything sucks, or just not being able to have a conversation is what makes you, in my opinion, a bad fan. I the worst uh, the worst of the worst three years ago my season tickets i was sat right in front of a dude who literally was the like the physical embodiment of this gloom and doom predicting the worst and then he'd want to celebrate when the bill scored right and i like if i finally looked at him like and i pulled that like the opposite of it like you're cool you're cool you're cool fuck you you suck you're cool you're cool you're cool and i, I literally said to him, like uh the you know play action, pass, touchdown, 25 yard score, or whatever it was. And the whole section's going nuts and like a high five and everybody, he goes to high five. And I was like, no, fuck you. You haven't shut up about how bad we are for two quarters. Sit down and fucking take the L. Yeah. And the whole section was like, yeah, like that. You're not a good fan. You're, you're, you cannot live and die in every play and every game and every result. you got to be able to step back and see the bigger picture. And that's where criticizing your team can make you a good fan or a bad fan, depending on how you go about it.
0: No, uh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, it was, it was just so weird, you know. And, and, you know, here on the two point show, I've always been about, you know, casual fan, no matter what like, your level of expertise is, casual fan, diehard, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me as long as you're a good person that can hold a good conversation. But I feel like, so you know, some of these, these, some casual fans who, you know, they, they love their team and that's, that's great and all. But, uh, you know, but, you can't criticize your own team, you know. You, you're oh, you, people can't criticize this team that you supposedly love and stuff. I think it's a it's it's a it's such a bad precedent. I think it's terrible. I, I really truly do. I love my Indianapolis Colts, and there's teams who love you know there's there's fans who love their teams you know a ton, and you know the reason why I criticize why I've ever been critical on these shows about certain people. Coaches, players and stuff. It's because I, I know that my team is better than what the on field product has been. I know that, you know, my team can go out there and beat the best uh that uh, around the NFL and be considered one of those top tier teams. And then when they don't, you know, people are just like, Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. We're, you know, go Colts, love my boys, blah blah blah. I'm just like, what? <laughs> Like, yeah. don't you want them to win? Like, this isn't just some kind of novelty act. This isn't pro wrestling where losing doesn't matter uh, and winning doesn't matter. It's, yo, know, just like football is about winning and Super Bowls and championships. That's what it's all about. Winning games and winning championships that is what football is about. i mean there's there's so much more to it of course you know there's the you know the, the the external like family and and friends and all that stuff but when it comes to football games the sport is about winning and winning championships that's what it is and i feel like that there's these fans some of these fans you know some fans who are just complacent whatever good on them that they're just like, okay, whatever. It's it's cool to be Colts fan, go blue, love my boys, blah blah blah. But you can't be mad at other people for criticizing those aspects either. I think that blind that that blind loyalty is why a lot of things like why a lot of teams stay stagnant for as long as that they do. You know what I mean? Why some teams aren't willing like, oh wow, okay, we still got these loud and proud fans. Um, they're still buying season tickets. Nah, we're going to keep putting out a shitty product and it doesn't matter. I don't have to put too much effort into it. Right. Look at Washington. All right. The fan, the stadium breaking was full of uh, the, the the guardrail breaking. It was full of Philadelphia fans there. I don't even know if Washington has that many fans. We have one on our show. We have one a part of our team and I know a couple others, but like, you know, like Washington football culture is terrible because there's no fans and the fans that do show up are just, they're not loud enough. They're not like, they're not demanding a better product from their team. The bills for the longest time. All right. The bills for the longest time, uh, you know, no offense to that, and that, but listen, they're, they're losing, they're losing, they're losing season tickets are still selling out. And, and they're like, they're just hiring these splash, you know, coaches. Like I, I still don't get Rex Ryan. I still, to this day, don't get the Rex Ryan hire. But it but you know what I mean? But like you have you have to be able to criticize your team. You have to be able to openly criticize your team for stuff to change. Cleveland went 0-16 several years ago, and there was a fucking parade for the Cleveland Browns that LeBron James shit all over. He's seen that and he goes, you know what? I gotta get out of here. I got I can't do this. I can't be here. This is not like good. Like these fans are celebrating going winless you can't do that. And then shit, should hit the fan. And like, we can't do this anymore. We, we just cannot do this anymore. And things start to turn around. Um, you have to be able to hold your team, your team's accountable, your favorite team's accountable, criticize them. All right. Frank, White uh, you know, I, I, I love the person, Frank, like the coach frustrates me sometimes, but when he started to turn around, and like, okay, we're going to run the ball. We're not going to, we're not going to, you know, do silly things. They'd go out and win games, you know, stuff that the fans the crowd seen and knew, you know, he, he came and got, he got criticized for some of the decisions that he made. And then things started to turn around when he seemingly listened to the fans. I'm not saying that he directly listened to the fans, but, but, you know what I mean? you got to call these guys out. You got to keep them accountable. And If you don't, I just feel like the shit just kind of keeps coming, you know, happening over and over and over again. You know, Jets fans aren't really loud enough about how bad their organization is. Right. You know?
1: Yeah, and I mean, you you know, look across the board in other sports. I mean, the Sabres are averaging like 5,000 people per game right now. Like, if you don't think that's not screaming about product being put out, it probably is. And I know that like uh, we're crossing sports now, but you know, just as a, a point of reference, on the
0: it's a perfect example though. It's a perfect example. You know, people still buy Even still people still buying Sabres merchandise and stuff and things and, you know, buying into it. So things are never really going to truly, it's going to be a while before things truly change, but it's still like embarrassing. It's, you know, that it's, it's embarrassing as a whole, you know, I, I just, you know, it's cool to to just love being a part of the team. It's cool, but don't try to like talk down to me for being critical of my favorite team, when when you hardly know who the opposing quarterback is or some of these pieces, and, and it's like they're doing better than we are. You know, they're, they're they're making progress, they're making strides, and and why is our team just got to be happy about about being losers? Right. And it, it it's it's really truly infuriating.
1: I wholeheartedly agree with you.
0: So. Um, so yeah, so thanks for coming to my TED Talk, everybody. Um <laughs> I feel a little bit better. But yes, you know, like just said just let people you know, it, most people some people with critic fair criticisms are, you know, they have good talking points. It's not because they hate their team. Um, there are some real big Debbie Downers. There's some really big Debbie Downers that should be crucified and crucified and not a lot of you know, not a lot of that respect, but um you know, casual fans who just, I feel like I'm talking in circles now. Casual fans who are just happy to be there shouldn't be telling other, you know, fans who are diehards, happy to be there, but have an additional vested interest in the team winning, you know, you shouldn't be telling them how to be fans and vice versa.
1: Bottom line, nobody should tell anybody how to be a fan. Correct. You know, just just because you have season tickets doesn't make you a better fan than someone who prefers to watch the game at home, but never misses a game. Um you know, I, I know people, I know plenty of people who've traveled to multiple games this year out of town and probably wouldn't know the first thing about the team or the game as a whole outside of drinking in a parking lot and jumping through tables. So, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think anybody should, you know, tell anybody how to be a fan. But at the same time, you know, when I, I have no problem getting into it with somebody over actual football things. But that doesn't make either one of us a better or worse fan,
0: in my opinion. Agreed. Certainly agreed. So uh, but all right, everybody. That is a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. Thank you, Jazz. Uh, you know, for, for being my main man this entire season for uh for our discussion topic episodes. I know we got a couple more left doing it in this style, but um thank you for everything this year. I appreciate oh, you.
1: It's been been my pleasure, man. Glad to be uh glad to be part of the team help the ball club, you know what I mean?
0: of course of course of course make sure you check out Jazz's shows on our network website bicbp-radio.com and it, you know of course all of our uh our entire network of 40 50 plus shows whatever the heck we got right now um tons of good content if you like stuff outside of football plenty of good podcasts to uh to listen and tune into but that is it everybody thank you so much and uh on behalf of Jazz and i till next time the two-point conversation is good